Welcome back to another market update brought to you by the team from Mercado.com.au. These are short, sharp summaries of what is happening in the ag markets, generally focused in Australia, but also looking overseas. This week, we'll be covering off on wheat with myself, Andrew Whitelaw, wool with Olivia Agar, and livestock with Matt Dalgleish. So, first of all, the wheat market. Well, it's a bit of an interesting one because we're starting to see huge variation in the forecast for the coming wheat crop. Uh, we've seen, uh, I think, Grain Brokers Australia are at 15.7 million tonnes. NAB are at 15.5. Australian Crop Forecasters, 17.7. A-Bears, well, it's too old. It doesn't really matter what their forecast is. We'll wait until December for theirs. USDA, 18 million tonnes. Uh, we're probably in the middle. We're not crop forecasters, but we'd probably say it's about that, probably 16 to 17 million. Just shows that we're probably a bit more optimistic than some people out there. Um, the reality is, I think national crop forecasts this year are an absolute waste of time. It is irrelevant whether it's 15 million or 20 million tons on a national basis. The real important thing is where that grain is produced. So, the difference between this year and last year, we've been saying this for months, is where the grain is produced. The big price movement we've seen in the last year is domestic demand, and the reality is that even though we're going to produce possibly the same as last year, or even potentially, with some forecasts are right, possibly quite a bit less than last year, doesn't mean prices have to stay strong. Because at the moment, last year we had a lot of our grain was produced in the West Coast, more than 50% of the wheat. This year, it swung back to the East Coast, and that is where the lion's share of all domestic demand is. So that is where it's more important to have it in reality. So that's what's going to drive prices. And <clears throat> looking at it, you know, if we look at wheat and barley combined, we have more than enough in the East Coast to meet domestic demand. Of course, it's not all in the right places. So a lot of it is going to go from Victoria up to New South Wales and up to Victoria, up to Queensland and also South Australia. But we're not going to need as many shipments from the West Coast to meet that demand. So that is my view as to why... Uh, we're seeing that the market is, you know, substantially less than it is last, this time last year. So last, this time last year, ASX wheat was $444 a ton. Today, it's about $353 to $350 a ton. A substantial drop year on year. And largely it's because, well, we'll have enough supply on the East Coast to meet demand. Uh, demand is down because there's less sheep to be fed. Uh, and consumers and end users are more prepared for this drought than they were last year. And also, you know, potentially you're going to have companies like Manildra. They may continue to import wheat this season, uh, which takes off a substantial proportion of the East Coast demand. Um, as much as prices are down, we're talking about a price of $353 a tonne on ASX. It's not a bad price. It's a good price compared to any of the times over the last 10 years. So that's one thing to, to think about. But as we say, markets are markets. And uh, yeah, you know, we have to, you have to look at the underlying numbers, not just the headline number for the Australian crop, because the underlying number will tell you the price rather than the headline number. And yeah, it's a bit frustrating. And I can understand why a lot of farmers are frustrated because they're saying, well, the crop's lower. Why are prices lower? Surely it should, uh, with a low crop, we should have higher prices than last year. 
So that's really my summary for this week. Uh, we've got a couple of articles on uh, the Mercado website. Uh, our weekly report looks into that in a bit, bit more detail, plus the Argentine crop. And we also have looked early on this week in grain at uh, Trump and his trade deals, or his uh, what he expected was a trade deal, which looks like it's fallen through with China. And that's really it. Uh, we'll be back next week, but with more grain. But I'm going to pass you off to Olivia, who is going to cover off on the wool market. Thanks for that, Andrew. The toing and froing of the wool market has continued on this week. Last week, we reported that the market had fared pre- pretty well with the eastern market indicator rising 32 cents. But this week, it lost most of that gain, dropping back down 26 cents. The massive fluctuations that we were seeing last month seem to have eased off for the time being, so there must be many sellers pretty relieved of that headache, but I don't think anyone's too convinced that we've seen the last of the volatility over the short term. One noteworthy stat on this week's market was the size of the offering. By the end of the week, over 30,000 bales were sold, and it's been three months since we last broke above that 30,000 level. And it's actually the first time since March that we've seen the number of bales sold in a week actually higher than it was that same week last year. And that paints a pretty real picture of the limited supply this season to date. So we've had 13 weeks into the selling season and we're currently down 115,000 bales from the same period last year. Or even worse, if we're looking at at the calendar year to date, the shortage is over 218,000 bales compared to the year prior. So to say the least, the long decline in volume should really be pinching at processor inventories, but whether there's enough demand for a reboot is a question that I'm not sure anyone quite has the answer to at the moment. Thanks, Oliver, for that update. Uh, pretty volatile times with the wool market, uh, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to supply and demand. Now onwards to the livestock market with Matt Dalglish. Thanks for that, Andrew. I'll jump straight into beef markets. And uh, one of our analysts here at Mercado, Angus Brown, put out a really good piece this week on uh, the 90CL uh, beef grinding price, our export price that goes into uh, North America there. We've seen that uh, continue to increase this week. We reached another uh, new high at 7.55 cents a kilo CIF for the 90CL. And uh, Angus's piece was looking at broader uh, picture of the uh, US uh, beef and dairy cow slaughter. Um, Indeed, across there, they've been seeing uh, higher levels of, uh, of slaughter this season. And to a degree, even though we've seen that high 90CL price, the domestic market there has been producing quite a bit of product. And that's been, uh, to a degree, keeping a, uh, keeping the price under wraps a little bit as well. Um, the real interesting thing about his uh, analysis, which um, if you want to read more about it, jump on the Mercado website. But basically, um, the Steiner Consulting, which is one of the key uh, US uh, firms that look at, uh, at that market, and particularly the 90CL market uh, they've been saying that uh, it's going to be quite difficult uh, into the coming season into the 2020 year uh, for for the US to um, increase their US cow slaughter uh, at this stage um, so that's going to mean into 2020 that uh, lean beef uh, grinding or manufacturing beef markets are going to get quite tight um, and that's an important thing for Australia because the the long-term relationship between the 90CL and the uh, Eastern Young Cattle Indicator is quite strong uh, certainly in normal seasons within Australia uh, we, when we're not going through these dry spells that we're currently seeing, the 90CL and the Eki tend to move um, in tandem. Quite, it's quite common to see them move together, uh, with the Eki following the 90CL's lead. Um, and looking at um, our situation here in Australia and what's been forecast by MLA for slaughter levels here, which are uh, which are going to be quite low next season. Um, 
plugging in the uh, the numbers against that historical relationship with the 9SL, we, we can see a situation there where um, the Eki next year, if we get somewhat of a reasonable season, could go to a premium to the 9SL. Uh, and with the outlook for Steiner saying that the 9SL is unlikely to, to back away in price, um, we could be uh, we could be in for some really good, strong um, young cattle prices next season should the should the uh, climate um, go a bit more favourable for us. And you could be looking at something like a 50-cent premium um of the Eki over the 90 cell, which would be putting at current levels the Eki up above 800 cents a kilo. Um, so some look some really good prospects there, but it's all hinging on um, what the outlook is for uh, for rainfall, and uh, it'll be interesting to see when we get close to clarity around that autumn break next year exactly what kind of a season is shaping up. But keep an eye on that, and we'll certainly be watching it here at Mercado as well. Um, turning to uh, sheep and and uh, mutton um, sheep and lamb markets, I should say, um, we. Um, we have seen uh, last last week uh, in terms of uh, yarding levels on the east coast, we did see a bit of a dip, which was a surprise. Certainly, um, Victorian numbers came off uh, a little bit, and um, the other aspect that was um, that was pushing uh, supply down last week was the shorter week in New South Wales because of the uh, NRL uh, Monday holiday. Uh, this week looks like uh, back to full swing. We've seen. Um, Sheep and um, and lamb prices across the uh, across the board along the east coast um, decline this week, uh, and that suggests that we are seeing some extra numbers coming through uh, both the sale yard and through slaughter. Uh, at this stage, uh, MLA uh, haven't yet um, put out the um, the this week's these current week's uh, numbers for supply for throughput and slaughter uh, that'll come out early next week but uh, looking at the price action it seems as though we're starting to see the beginnings of this uh, spring flush and that's starting to weigh now on price a little bit in saying that the eastern states trade lamb indicators dipped just under 800 cents now um, this week it's the lowest it's been since may um, so obviously the the weight of that extra supply is probably um, pressing price a little bit um, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how low it goes into uh, this um, late October, early November season. Normally, the seasonal pattern uh, during this time is, is when we reach the lows uh, into early November. So um, it'll be interesting to see how far we go, uh, given the the demand we're continuing to see out of uh, out of China and uh, and and on the back of that uh, ongoing ASF concerns there. Um, that's pretty much me for this week. I'll um, speak to you again next week. Cheers. Thanks for that, Matt. Right, all listeners, it is time for you to do a favour for us. Uh, pick up your phone and go onto your iTunes and uh, click like, give us a review, press share, share this with your friends and family, shove this on Twitter, MySpace, Bebo, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you, l- you have lots of contacts. Uh, the more people listen to it, the more the merrier. Have a good weekend. I hope you stay safe and I hope everything goes well. You have a good one. Bye-bye.